Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Comfort Watch, the podcast where we talk about the movies and TV shows that we turn to time and time again for comfort. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my little Christmas tree sitting nugget, Chrissy. <laughs> Who do you party people? We have changed up our location this week. Yes, we have. It's very chestnuts roasting. We've got yes. like a YouTube video going we're in your living room this time with your Christmas tree. Yes. Normally we're in the basement because normally, well, my hu- normally my husband's home and we get him to like corral the dogs upstairs. And today no one's here. Well, we're with the dogs, but I wanted to watch today's movie with the Christmas tree on. Perfect idea. Yeah. Even though it's so sunny out, but I put on, I have like blackout curtains in my living room because. I can't tell what time it is. No, that's what I live for. Every room in my house can become a little dungeon if I wanted to and it's on purpose i love it um we are you're probably listening to this after christmas last episode we talked a little bit about our resolutions for the new year ish kind of our words Mm -hmm. for the new year yeah not resolutions i don't like resolutions no i don't like setting myself up for failure is it yeah well what are you resoluting well my goal is to complain less about being tired oh which is pretty impossible well you'd have to be less tired true that's, that's true or just suffer in silence but mm-hmm. how do you feel about like these last like days before the holidays like there's a, a different energy to them like do you have stuff done are you like all set and ready to go yeah i don't it's weird it's weirder also with like the job i have there's no winding down i also don't have kids so there's no like last days of school getting stuff together like my it's literally like any other week yeah. Like, I might bake some cookies this week. That's the difference. Yeah. But it's the same as every other week. So, for me, the past couple of years have kind of felt the same. There's no special, like, I don't get time off. Everything's exactly the same. I don't have those, like, I'll know what day it is when everyone else doesn't know because I have to schedule content. I don't have that holiday haze that everyone else gets. So, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm uh, just starting to, like, get in the Christmas spirit. Like, really? Like, and by Christmas spirit, I mean, like, do all the things, like... After I leave here today, I have to do, like, the last-minute dash to, like, the Shoppers Drug Mart, which I guess for our American friends is, like, CVS, and mm-hmm. do all those, like, little, like, I need, like, pot of gold chocolates yeah. for, like, just those last-minute things. Yeah. I'm not getting my nieces anything but money. No? Like, they'll probably like it. Yeah. I'm tired of picking out stuff that I never see them wear, so yeah. I'm just gonna be like, buy your own shit. Yeah. That tracks. Maxie's Christmas stuff is done. Yeah, I, I got to jump on it because we went to the States for a week. I bought everything in the States because it's more fun for presents. And then, yeah, I haven't, I'm done. I've, I've been ready for a while. No, I'm not even, like my mom messaged me the other day asking me like, what groceries do we need for Christmas Day? And like those just things overwhelm me. Yeah. Like I'm more like, let's abstractly talk about the holidays. But when it comes to like the hammering out the details, forget it. That's not me. No, I'm a planner. I'm a very much a planner. I need hmm. to know everything down to the minute. What have you been up to this week? Working. Working. Got your haircut? I got my haircut this morning. It was nice. It's good. Shorter. Much shorter. Uh, well, I just got some bangs. Everything else is the same. It, honestly, it's weird. I don't know if anyone cares about this, but when my hair is curled, it looks longer. Oh. It's just not curled right now. But when it's curled, it looks longer. She didn't cut it. I just got some bangs. Oh, okay. Because I've been growing out my bangs, but I don't want it anymore. Why? I just, I'm a girl, I like bangs. I like having bangs. I like a little face framing. So we're back to it. Oh, I see the rest of your hair now. Yeah. It was just layered. She's growing. Yeah, she's growing, changing. She, my hairdresser knows the, the deal. We're in a, we're in a growing stage. And okay. then eventually I'll tell her to chop it all off. But right now we're growing. 
That's good. Yes. Uh, let me think about my week. My week has been weird. My? Well, just my husband's been off work for like his regular schedule and there were some last minute visitors from Australia that came, which kind of just like put, like made him leave the house mm-hmm. or like we, and we visited with them, but he was doing a lot of like touristy things with them, like taking them around to Niagara Falls and all that shit. And it just like disrupted like the daily rhythm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if anybody listening with kids like knows a lot about like default parenting. Yes. Yeah. So I've been the default parent for my son's entire life. And just like that exhaustion of like that jealousy, even when somebody gets to drive alone in their car Mm -hmm. or like, you know, they get to just, you know, even if he's running errands and he's busy and he works very hard, I'm not saying that, but I've like reached that point where I'm just like, I would love to go for run an errand by myself. Yeah. Let's just like lock me in the bathroom too. Yeah. Just being a default parent of dogs is hard enough. Right. I already know the... I already know. It's it's a lot. I know that there's not like a, a vet visit or uh, anything that goes that happens without me. Yeah. And that's already stressful enough. No. And plus now I have to do like a deep clean before the holidays because my mom is coming to stay with us for a few days. It's just a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. You go back to work? Oh my God. I'm so scared. I think it's great. I think you're going to love going back to work. I think I'll enjoy it too. It's just so scary to think of like putting on like talking to adults every day yeah it's gonna be so scary i like it i mean yeah i love adults great. <laughs> love them. i think you're gonna be like oh my god i missed this like miss rachel's not here i'll probably have her in the background just to calm me down yeah good job yeah good job i saw something on tiktok this week about did you see this about still-faced parenting what's that some apparently is either something some people were taught or some people just have where they do they're still faced to their children and because of that their children grow up like kind of fucked up (laughs) and that's why miss rachel's like so kids love her so much because she's like so expressive right and that people have trauma because their moms were still faced to them as babies and then aren't to their grandkids or to their dogs so i know i i I think i i know a version of this yeah but when i was pregnant i read this book called becoming attached and it's all about different studies that they did about like attachment styles and you know like before when kids were in hospitals parents weren't allowed to see them so like parents couldn't stay and just like how the damaging effects that those have yeah and those things of like children don't can't register emotions so they yeah. don't know if you're happy with them or if they're sad yeah. the, like but they call it it's parentese the oh. sing song way that they do things oh. like it's like a parentese like a, a language oh yeah but then who, I, who is i know there are people who are like talking to their children as adults mm-hmm. but they're babies no i think that's weird like you don't have to do like oh well, you're a baby yeah no no but like yeah you don't yeah but then I think even think about how I interact with kids and I'm like, am I expressive enough? Like, I want them to know that, like, I have I feel feelings and they can, like, trust me. Yeah. And then I'm like worried. Do I express enough when I talk? But I think I do. Well, I think the more you're around kids, the more you realize that, like, that's how you like get them to pay attention to you is like the changes in pitch. Yeah. A lot of, oh, oh, no, where'd that go? Like, I do a lot of that when I'm around kids. Max's new thing is to say silly. Oh. Because I'll be like, silly, mommy. I'll be like, silly. (laughs) Like, that's his new thing. Because before, when I became an aunt, I was just like, not, I didn't know any of these things. Yeah. And then I was like, like, why aren't you looking at me? Like, what am I going to do? Snap at a baby? Like, call them like a dog? No. No. Yeah, I have trouble. I always have to remind myself not to go like, come here. 
come here to kids because that it's not the same. Well, but I like they react the same. I don't understand people who don't want to hold their baby all the time. Oh, like yeah, like you know those babies that like no one touched them for like three months. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's the best part. They're so snuggly and warm. Yeah, I know. Just I wear, love holding babies. Wear them around their like wear them in those little sack things. I always volunteer to wear people's babies. I love holding babies. They're so cute. It's toddlers I don't like. They're so snotty and gross. Yeah, they are. Give me a baby. Give me an eight-year-old. Cut out the middle. I'm in. Cut out the middle. <laughs> if you could just send them away from like I don't know nine months to like yeah like eight. But those are the years when they become not how like you can't mold them the way you want. Nah, they can become little Hitlers while I'm gone, and then I'll get them back. <laughs> okay, let's take a break, <laughs> and when we come back, we're gonna come back with our comfort Rex for this week. Then we're back. So every week we tell you what we're watching, doing, eating, vibing with in general to make ourselves comforted. And what do you have this week? Well, this week, I don't know if I've talked about this show called Slow Horses. No. So it's on Apple TV (laughs) and it's based on like a a spy thriller book series. But it's got Gary Oldman and uh, Kristen Scott Thomas and Jack Lowden, who's Saoirse Ronan's boyfriend in real life. Oh. And it's about... This kind of like if you fuck up in MI5, you get sent to Slough House. Okay. Which is like you're not fired, but you're just doing grunt work. Okay. And it's about all of these misfit spies, essentially. Mm-hmm. And season three is on right now, and it's so good. There's yeah. only six episodes per season. What's it on? Apple TV. Okay. And every time I watch it, I'm like, I want more and more and more of yeah. this. Yeah, it's so, so good. Why is it called Slow Horses? Because that's what you go to Slough House because you're. A slow one. Like oh, okay. Slow horses, yeah. Okay. Like, you know, like, the slow horses are, like, put out to pasture. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But that's basically what it is. And it's such a good show. And Matt doesn't watch it with me because he can't understand British accents unless the captions are on. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, the season finale of season three is on the 27th of December. Oh. I can't wait. I cannot wait for it to come out. Is anyone hot? Is Saoirse Ronan's boyfriend hot? Yeah, he's pretty cute. Okay. Well, usually you like things if someone's hot, so I'm just checking. Well, that's why I'm not obsessed with it. Oh, okay. And then my other thing that I like, who was I going to talk about? For the moms out there, there's this uh, girl on TikTok and Instagram. Her name's Indy Clinton. Mm -hmm. She's Australian, and she looks like she has this... Like, she looks like one of those people who are just, like, a genetic unicorn. Yeah. Who, like, she just had her third baby, and already she's wearing, like, a crop top and yoga pants. Like, Mm -hmm. ridiculous. But her daily vlogs on TikTok are so chaotic... Yeah. ...that it dispels any veneer of perfection. Oh. That, like, her kid... Like, her house is a mess. Like, she's exhausted. Her husband's exhausted, but they're funny to watch. Yeah. And they're they're not, like... They're maybe, like, two minutes long. They're not... Mm -hmm. But it's, I've been watching a lot of them and just being like, okay, nobody really has it yeah. together. Yeah. So if you're looking for that, I highly suggest you follow her. It's Indy Clinton. That's cool. Yeah. Those are my two. Is she doing Vlogmas? No. She just had her third baby like literally two days ago. Oh, yeah. Shit. No, thank yeah, you. I don't think she's, so, she, no, she's not doing Vlogmas. Wolf. I would not be doing Vlogmas. I don't have any like great recos but i'll tell you what we were watching this week so i actually got this from lucy wood someone we've recommended before who again if you haven't checked out her content highly recommend um she said that she's been watching this show 
on Netflix called The Devil's Plan. Mm. And it's a Korean game show. So like if you liked Squid Game, and I know there's like a real life Squid Game, which I actually haven't watched yet. But this is uh, a group of like Korean people. Also, there's one Canadian and not Canadian Korean. He's just a white guy. But he and he's actually like French Canadian is a French name. It's like all math games and like puzzle games. And when they explain it, like every time I've ever played a board game, I have no fucking clue what's happening. But by the end, I always end up figuring it out. But so it's very confusing. But as you watch them play, you start to learn the rules as they start to kind of figure it out. And then you start like yelling at the TV. Really? Yeah. And I literally learned no one's name because all their names are like short little korean names and they use their last names first i don't know it's so confusing one of their names was orbit though because he made a fake name because he loves science he's the only one and the whole time i was just yelling at orbit because he's the only one i knew his name what do you win um you can win money at the end um and every and you also can get like kicked out along the way so you can and you win like chips but then there's also like games within games and you go to prison and there's like a game in prison it was it's also a reality show which i don't love reality shows there's lots of drama there's lots of crying there's lots of like um alliances and stuff like that which normally i hate but because the games are so like interesting trying to figure out who's betraying who and the math problems and the i don't know it's really like we loved it and we finished it last night and we're kind of bummed because there's that it's the first season that's ever aired of it so there isn't anything else right now but i do recommend like over christmas if you want to like literally spend like eight hours watching one thing that's like kind of like makes your brain work we liked it a lot wow it's not usually my jam i have trouble getting into tv shows but lucy posted it and said like watching these people figure this out is like really like interesting and she was right interesting i'm intimidated by numbers so i get really nervous whenever anyone asks me to do fast math so i'm afraid that i would show just how uneducated i am yeah so a lot of the people in it were like like lawyers and stuff but then some were tv hosts one guy was a k-pop star wow but i think in korea they must learn math really young and like more complicated math because they were they always have notepads with them and they're literally doing like square roots and stuff by hand and coming up with like 2.8888 like by hand wow so it must be their education system's just like a little more robust than ours because yeah some were very highly educated but then yeah there was like two actors a pop star a tv host but it was great interesting they're very dramatic everyone cries well sensitive the pressure of math i would cry doing my math homework that's true but they're only there for like six days but they're like he's going home six days yeah not, I don't even know. Yeah, I guess like six days. Like they all live in one area. Like in one, oh, okay. It's like a reality show. It's like Big Brother. Got it. But Korean and lots of math. You're not silly. Like these are not my interest, but I'll give it a shot. No, I know. It's, it's not. It's not. I normally wouldn't watch it either, but I just, again, Lucy would recommend it. And normally we like the same shit. Oh my gosh. So I gave it a go and it was very entertaining. And now I think I want to watch the new like real squid game too. Let's take a break. Or do you have another one? No, I have literally not. Cookies. Eat cookies. Yeah, eat cookies. I've been eating lots of cookies. I made cookies and then I ate them all. Get a blanket. Oh, shit, my face on them. <laughs> Get a blanket. Hit your Get nose a blanket. Them. Get some cookies. Mm-hmm. We're eating some Pepperidge Farm cookies. Well, I could recommend this. This is what I've been doing, too. So while I've been working, I can't really have, like, I can't listen to podcasts. I can't listen to music because I edit video and audio all day. So I've been putting 
um like a fake either usually in the like the more summertime i do rain but i'll do right now i'm doing like fake christmas scenes oh yeah i do this live streams and this one plays like soft christmas music but usually i just do like snowstorm sounds or like fire crackling sounds Mm -hmm. really quiet so my tv is like you know half the wall so it makes the whole room kind of feel like i have like a little vibey fireplace because i don't really have one no it looks good i do that to to like get max to go to sleep yeah because it's just like it's so repetitive that he just like zones out Mm -hmm. but like also there are some hogwarts ambient ones oh really so you can be like in the great hall at christmas that'd be good there's probably lord of the rings ones too oh there are remember the shire yeah i should probably find that yeah there's a lot of good ones and there's like a mountain there's a mountain and it has like whistling wind while they play like the theme song from the hobbit yeah there's so many on youtube there's some not good ones i've been through a lot of them where like the sounds aren't good or they repeat too often and stuff but i like this one right now it's very cute it's like the inside of a coffee shop i enjoy it too and like it makes the room like nice and warm and i love it is it ai like how do people do this i don't know it's not i must be it's all digital something technology if i think too hard about it what is the internet i don't know i have no idea we're not part of it um we're gonna take a break and come back with our movie that took place right before the internet (laughs) we'll be right back right before well yeah yeah sure okay guys i have been putting off this movie because it means so much to me this week's movie is little women 1994 mm-hmm. and if you know me you know that i well i cried again when we just watched it we again just watched it i just kept being like you've seen this a hundred times You're like, i know i like oh I, I could cry thinking about it i just like this movie from start to finish is the most beautiful important movie most formative movie of my life mm-hmm. and it is a christmas movie little women is a christmas movie well it's told over two christmases as like it christmas is a big deal yeah it's a big deal yeah it starts on christmas and then major things happen on a second christmas it is a christmas movie of course and you know i know there are people who are like i like the katherine hepburn version it's like that's good for you but the 1994 version starring winona ryder susan sarandon trini alvarado kirsten dunst uh, Christian Bale, Claire Danes is the superior, even to the Greta Gerwig Little Women, in my opinion. Yes, which in my we, opinion's usually right. We've compared. We saw and we went and saw the Greta Gerwig one in theaters. We were supportive like three or four times. Well, I only saw it once with okay, you. Okay, I saw it three I, or four times. I've seen it and then I've seen it again. Like since I showed it to Jeff, and he was just like, "Yeah, it's like the same movie, but not as good." Yeah. And I think, like, again, I understand it's a book and, like, the material is the material, but it was literally the same scenes. Mm -hmm. And I just don't get, like, why remake it then? So this is why I feel like, you know, like, there are people who, when I was doing research for this this episode, the think pieces on why Greta's, Greta's version is so much better. And I really just think that it comes down to, like, the whole, like, wiggle theory that we have. Like, yeah. For, for me, they're not the new Wiggles. But for no. someone who's never seen the first one, these are the main Wiggles. That's true. I think the thing that, like, the 94 one is missing is, like, the major part is the, like, feminist rant of the, like, women have hearts and also what it minds, you minds, know? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's the only part it's missing is that it doesn't actually, like, go all the way with Joe showing that, like, she's the feminist hero we all needed. But, like it's still a better movie and i i yeah i think like what greta's version does is really try to subvert the happy ending for joe because it ends in kind of like an ambiguous way like does joe get with friedrich is joe 
Like many people argue that like even textually Joe was a lesbian. Like they say that uh, Louisa Mailcott never married. Like that's that's kind of what they were hinting at with a lot of the masculinity part of Joe. Yeah. But 1994, baby. It's not even about like I I can respect that. It's 1994. Just the score, the look, the actors, everything is much more like cohesive, and I feel like just fit it yeah. better. Like the story fits better the way it was done in 1994. Yeah, this movie was directed by Gillian Armstrong, and it was the first iteration of Little Women directed by a woman, written by a woman, produced wow. by women. So it was in many ways like such a you know a female driven project that many people didn't want to touch studio wise unless it had a big name and that's why they got Winona Ryder Mm. and Winona Ryder had um just kind of come off of like the age of innocence and obviously she had like Edward Scissorhands and was a star in her own right but she in her personal life cared about the book a lot also so it was this perfect meeting of the minds Mm -hmm. what's your relationship like with this movie I I don't remember the first time I saw it, but it was probably around the time it came out, and I saw it. Didn't I didn't save it for Christmas time. Watched it all the time as a child. Me and my sister were like the type to like do plays and mm-hmm. act stuff out and dress up. And yeah, I've played every character in this in my living room in some way. This and Gone with the Wind was like our whole childhood. <laughs> so yeah, this movie is very much like I don't know. It's like a childhood comfort movie for sure. It's I kind of was disappointed when i heard they were coming out with another one and i had seen the older version as well but yeah this movie is like when you i could like can hear the score in my mind and when you hear it like all the feelings yeah and uh winona rider is joe march in my mind I i could never read the book or picture it any other way a thousand percent and i think like the tomboyish aspect of joe mixed with the 90s like waifish Mm-hmm. little like pixie that she is yeah is really interesting i think that the saoirse ronan's joe and obviously katherine hepburn's joe is like a little bit more hard and tough than this one yeah usually in every episode i don't remember watching the first movie but i remember seeing this at really? fiesta mall oh you saw it seven theaters? years old wow and i remember we were sitting a little too close to the front and i yeah. was like little i was mad I just like remember hearing the trumpets like in the first mm-hmm. part of it and being like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when Beth dies, emotionally destroyed and was yeah. like, why, the, why would you show me this movie? Mm-hmm. So terrible. And then in 1997, Tara Lipinski's short program. Was it to this? Was to oh, this. Oh, wow. And I am a diehard Michelle Kwan girl. I know. And but when I saw her come out, she was wearing a green um, velvet dress oh my god and i and like she had a little scrunchie in her hair Mm -hmm. and then as soon as i heard it i remember being like won over by this little yeah fuck kwan at this point yeah i was like who is this getting to like the best score this score do you remember the movie the piano yeah that score really i used to have them on cassettes oh and i would listen to so my mom was a figure skating coach and she used to be in charge of making people's solos yeah so she had the two big uh like i don't even know what they were called like to like mix and basically like copy music from like records and stuff Mm -hmm. so i always had like movie scores and stuff at home and i just remember like listening to this like on a loop and just Mm -hmm. being like it's so perfect Mm -hmm. and even in the holiday i was ripping on jack black for caring about music so much i know you do care yeah yeah this soundtrack just matches much more perfect than uh Greta Gerwig version of my book. Yeah, well, we just rewatched because we wanted to re-compare the clip of 
Laurie proposing to Joe for each movie. And the score felt even like out of place in that scene. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that like they missed the mark on that for sure. When that is something that like made makes this movie, honestly. Yeah. Uh, let's start at the top with the casting. So I was saving this trivia for you okay. until we were done. So obviously, uh, Winona Ryder as Joe Trini Alvarado is a character actress. I would say from the '80s, and yeah. she has the distinction of being the only Latina. Meg. I think she's Puerto oh, Rican. Interesting. Okay. Then we have Claire Danes as Beth, who this was her first movie role. Oh. She had done My Soul Called Life, but the reason why she got this role was her screen test was her dying scene mm. and the chin quiver. Um, there is an oral mm-hmm. history in the New York Times about this movie, and they said that as soon as they saw the, the chin quiver, they were like, wow. This girl's in. And this is like the year before Romeo and Juliet, right? Because Romeo and Juliet is 95. I think it was 96. Yeah, so it's in there. Yeah. Yeah, it probably helped there. her get that role. Amy is the casting dilemma that I think like people have of do you do two Amys mm. or do you do one? Yeah, so this is the part where with Greta I was like I do agree with the keeping the one. Really? I do just because in this movie I remember as a child watching it and being like what the what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I get why Kirsten Dunst couldn't do both because she was a literal child, mm-hmm. but it felt so jarring to me watching it as a child that I couldn't actually accept that that was the same character. See, and I felt like the two Amys is great because Kirsten Dunst nails the bratty That's, Amy. I know. But Samantha Mathis, who is a great British actress, she just, and I don't know if this is because Amy is really underdeveloped as an adult, the way yeah. Greta, Greta's version makes the most sense of why Amy and Laurie got together. Yes. But in the, who was between Samantha Mathis and Reese Witherspoon to play older Amy? And I think Reese would have been the perfect older Amy. Really? A thousand percent. Maybe like appearance wise, but acting wise? I think so. Really? I think she could have done it. I, yeah, they needed to give, there's just something that's missing there on that transition. They literally just over, like voice over Meg's wedding and then go, and Amy, and then show her face. And we're supposed to be like, what? Yeah. Four years later, she's all a different human being. I just, I like, I don't know if there's a right way to do it. Honestly, the right way to do it is to switch every actor. To be an adult. Well, I think that's the way that I could accept it is everyone has a grown up version and that's it. I think like, you know, when you look at old pictures and you'll see a picture of somebody and they like look so much older, but it's like your mom in high school and she looks like she's still 30. Yeah. Like that's the way I picture it with this movie. Like Joe and them are supposed to be like 15, 16. So they're grown. Yeah. Amy is supposed to be like, what, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. These are the people who auditioned for Amy, Thora Birch and Natalie Portman. I think I think they both would do great, honestly. I think Natalie Portman would have done great. I think she would have done great. I could even see Natalie Portman as either a Beth or a Joe. Yeah. But I'm she a, was too young. I'm a huge Kirsten Dunst fan, though. Oh, she crushed it. I think she did great. She And, like, you don't like her for a lot of it. No. And you know why they're annoyed with her. And But I think that's also the... The weird thing is Amy grows up and she, like, becomes an entirely different person. Like, I still want her to be a little bit petty. Yeah, and there's a roughness to Florence Pugh's Amy still. Like, yeah. There's a refinement a refinement about Amy yeah. that seems like an affectation with Samantha Mathis. Let's start from the beginning for the first Christmas. So the first Christmas we open, Papa's at war. <laughs> Marmy comes yeah. home. We always say Marmy's home. Marmy's home. We call this Marmy's home. We call this call the movie Marmy's home. 
Anything that looks like that style of Christmas, like a wreath in a window, Marmy's home. As soon as they show that man like fixing a bow yeah. on camera, I'm <laughs> fucking in. This is old ribbon Christmas. Yes. Candle in a tree. Yes. It really does set up right away the dynamics of the sisters. Like you mm-hmm. see that Meg, Meg and Amy have a weird kind of bond. Mm-hmm. And then you see Joe's annoyance at Amy right off the hat. Yeah. And but then, you know, how she defers to Beth a lot. Yeah, well Meg is kind of parents Amy in a way mm-hmm. and has like a soft spot for her and treats her like a little child. And yeah, Joe finds her like a annoying pest. Mm-hmm. And then Beth just wants everyone to get along. And I think Joe and Beth are they're close in age. It seems like it. Yeah, because Meg's the oldest, then Joe, then Beth, then Amy. There's um, the, Amy's use of language, expectuating. I know. Desolated. That's why I asked you at one point if you had read the book, because I haven't, and I wanted to know if that's in the book. I believe it is, if, if they my memory serves write me. out expectuating and stuff in I'm the book. I'm so degraditated. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> that's what I want to know. Well, you and I were talking about this part, like, okay, the Hummels, we reference the Hummels a lot. We do. In our lives. Too much. They're barely in the movie. They're barely in the movie, but, like, it's a sign of just the goodness of this family, right? Yeah. Their Christmas morning breakfast, what were we, like, we, sausages? Looks so good. I think about it all the time. Everything is so, is a glistening. The and dishware? They have, a, they have a whole dish of butter. It's like a bowl of butter. So good. Oh, looks so good. But then they give it all to the Hummels. Which is so sweet. They even bring them coffee, which I don't think those little kids, the Hummels, are needing coffee. But no. One, my favorite scene is definitely one of the introductions of Lori and Joe IRL at the Bell Gardener's Ball. Mm-hmm. And when she's like, she's completely bald in front. Yeah. The competitiveness between Joe and Meg yeah. is, to me, the most like recognizable sister dynamic. Yes. Like, I think my sister's more of a Meg and yeah. I'm a Joe. Yeah. Like, so... Just that, like, constant bickering. Yeah. I, I relate to the Oh, most. you think she's pretty? She's completely bald in front. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. But she does, yeah, she doesn't want Lori, but she doesn't want anyone else to like Lori. No. What no. You, let's talk about the, let's talk about Lori. What about him? How do you feel about Mr. Christian Bell? I love him in this. This is, again, though, I do think, and I think even with Greta Gerwig's version, the, the men, like, well, specifically him, would definitely be served by switching actors. Because it's hard to play a teenage boy and then an adult man mm-hmm. because they have different physicalities. Like, they, they're just... Lo- and for them, they're just like, let's give him a goatee. And then he just looks kind of strung out. But yeah. I do love Christian Bale in this. I think I love him more as young Laurie because he has... Of course. He's got the weird little teeth and the he's got that lispy lisp. And he's so, like, sweet and cute when they put the hat on his head when they welcome him into their, like, little society and... I love their relationship with him. And I think what made me saddest watching this movie is this time around is like, it's literally about how nothing will ever be the same. Nothing will ever be as good as it was when you were a kid. And then I'm like, I'm 35. I think about this a lot too. I know. I try not to think about it, but this movie just made me think about how like that dynamic is gone forever because Mm -hmm. he married one of them and one of them died. Mm -hmm. There's literally, they'll never get back to that. Even though now he's part of the family, they'll never have that. Lori has a moment kind of with each sister in a way. So him and uh, Sally Moffat's coming out ball, him and Meg have that like moment where 
I, I I never liked this interaction between them. Like to he was me, so bold of him. I'm very territorial yeah. about Lori. Like I, if I was Joe, I'd be like, spray him like a cat. Like that's mine. Mm-hmm. Like no one else talk about him. Yeah. Obviously, with with Amy, I feel like what this movie could have done better is is it kind of drops Lori off a bit mm-hmm. when he after Joe turns down his proposal. He just kind of disappears, and then we see him again, kind of drunk in high-waisted pants and mm-hmm. a goatee. Mm-hmm. But there is, like, with Laurie, there's such a sadness of, like, all he wants. And it's not even romantically the vibe that I get. Like, no. he, he really just wants to be a part of this family. Yeah. Well, they said he was raised by no one. Mm-hmm. His mother died. His mo- Yeah, and he lives in that big old house, and it's like, yeah, he just he wants that's what he wants he always wanted to be part of that family what gerwig's version does really well is set up the crush that amy has on laurie yeah and i think when you and i were watching it today we said that that would have made more sense as to why amy throws the manuscript in the fireplace yeah because she's so mad at joe that she can't be included yeah I love that she's like the milkman's kid out of all these like (laughs) i know why she's so when did father go to war (laughs) Meg, I noticed more about just kind of the contradictions of Meg. Mm-hmm. Because she, in the beginning, when they're doing their Pickwick Society, she's like saying it would be love, nice to live in like a beautiful house. Yeah. And she wants to go with Belle Gardner and Sally Moffat and get dolled up. But then there's like this moral dilemma that she has of like, don't want to lose my self-respect. Like, I do not fully believe that Meg is happy with the life she chooses. No, but she does it because she wants to make Marmy proud, too. She's yeah. had that, like, drilled into her that, like, wealth isn't that important and she should be her own person. And they do that, too, in Greta's version. Like, she buys fabric she can't afford, mm-hmm. which I also thought was kind of... I didn't like that for Meg because I feel like in this in this version, the 94 version, she does things that can be reversed. Like, she can stray a little, learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. But in that one, she, like, has kids and then buys fabric that spends all their money yeah it was i don't know i felt like that kind of abandoned meg's actual personality the poverty in gerwig's version is so much more apparent of like the stress of her and john like love really doesn't conquer all and i think what amy says sounds like you you, you said it amy is proof that you can be a little bit of a bitch and get everything you want well also yeah because she was this whole movie, yeah, she's a little, she's a little cunty. Yeah, she's like, it's not, you know, like a nose that you don't get to choose. You do have a say in like what you end up with. Yeah. But Meg, I feel like there are so many more feminist moments in the 1994 without like hammering you over the head. Yeah. And like Marmy consistently like reminding the girls like, you're not merely decorative. Like you and I were saying, my yeah. mom never said anything like that to me. No, absolutely not. My mom was like, the ephedrine's in the cupboard. Yeah. Be thin and don't say anything. Yeah. Everything in my house was diet. Yeah. We had a diet version of everything. Diet, salad dressing. We had, I remember we had this like literal spray bottle that tasted like butter, but it was like basically water that tasted like butter. And that was to go on my toast. Mm, I didn't buy the spray bottle butter divinity. Divinity. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that was my childhood and Weight Watchers sized bread. But then Meg quiets marmy as if like this feminine ideal is only something that you can think and express in the confines of your own home like she's yeah. almost embarrassed whenever she lives out these ideals in public well she doesn't because the guy she's kind of fond of is there and she's like don't tell him i might have like 
unladylike views or yeah he's got a lot of confidence for a poor man that's true ginger ninja i was trying to think at what point does the movie change and obviously it's you can say it's with beth getting sick yeah i almost say it's amy nearly drowning okay i was gonna say so like i remember when we were younger um like titanic came on two different vhs's and if you just watched the first one it was like a great movie yes and if you didn't watch the second one everyone lived and it was just like a great time on a boat and if you just don't watch the four year after four years later in this movie i think the vibes are better i think once you hit the four years later meg gets married joe goes to new york it's not as good the vibes change no you've even letting it go on too long yeah you think it's earlier so i think if you stop it actually never mind what i just said if you stop it with all those girls laying in bed with all those kittens yeah that's after amy falls in yes yeah when joe cuts her hair mm. like the, you were saying the second christmas that they have with Joe's short hair, and mm-hmm. she's watching everybody from the staircase. Yeah. That's when I started feeling that, like crying. Well, that should have been when the music played and the movie ended. Mm-hmm. Like, and they had the best Christmas. It changes to a sad music where he, and mm-hmm. then Lori comes over, he's like, isn't it wonderful? And Joe was just like, no, childhood yeah. is over. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's when you think of like this, like, fake Christmas that we're all waiting to happen every year that's like never gonna happen yep. is that it's the like this cozy home everyone's there everyone's eating and snuggled and has arms around each other people are singing people are drinking people are proposing mm-hmm. and then Joe is is not even involved she's just watching she's mm-hmm. just being a spectator to what she thinks you can tell she thinks it's her last like Christmas as the childhood that she knows and they're like, that's the moment. That's the moment your childhood dies. And like we, maybe we're not as observant because we're, you know, not writers and we're also not making a movie. But I don't remember when that moment was. One day Christmas just didn't feel like Christmas anymore. And like your home doesn't feel like your home anymore and your childhood doesn't. Well, I, I mean, I have a very obvious one of well, <laughs> like my parents divorcing. Yeah, I guess so. But there's, you could also make the argument though that that moment happened for the girls earlier because... And the first Christmas, like, they can't even afford gifts because the war is happening. Yeah, we so don't know what their previous Christmases were there's like. There's some scarcity living yes. here. And, like, they're so excited to have the food. So that has happened, but, like, on an emotional level, like, they know the fragility of life because Beth almost died. Their father got shot. Yeah. Meg is making plans for a four-year engagement with a man that Joe doesn't like. And yeah. Joe's sitting there being like, I cut my hair for this. Yeah. You know, there's like a country album called like did i shave my legs for this by Dean carter <laughs> joe's would be like did i cut my hair for this yeah it's oh my so God. sad yeah maybe it was because the first christmas they all sing together go up the stairs to bed singing together all with like their lit candles and then breakfast is so exciting and maybe that was their last good christmas mm-hmm. and then the christmas she's watching all of these other people in their home and she's like this is it's over like it's been it's being broken up it's so sad one thing i wanted to touch on before we move to like the time jump you and i always talk about laura dern marmy versus susan sarin and marmy and who could actually get rid of scarlet fever (laughs) i don't think laura dern could get rid of athlete's foot yeah no everybody is like oh laura dern as marmy listen laura dern's great well she's great in her she's great in other ways she walks in and the first thing she says to dying beth is we need to change this bedding. Mm-hmm. The first thing Marmy says, get my kit. 
We yeah. need to draw this fever from her head. Yeah. Clearly nobody in the 1800s knew how to treat a fever because they had the, that poor girl covered in blankets. Yeah. Beth would have been dead with Laura Dern as her mother. Absolutely. I wouldn't trust Laura Dern and Bob Odenkirk to save me out of anything. Those are, they're the wrong parents. But I love Bob Odenkirk as the dad. I don't even know who the dad is in the 94 version, but he's hot. He's got a beard. To me... There is no Mr. March in a way. Like, he's such, like, like you lift right out. Like, he might as well have been dead. He's there after Beth dies, wearing, like, all black. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's home. Yeah. I forgot. You're still here? (laughs) They don't really show him again, but he's permanent. I thought maybe he, like, went back to war. But no, he didn't. He stayed. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's there. We don't need you. We don't need you at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, the time jump. Meg's wedding. Mm Mm-hmm. Four-year engagement. What the and One I'm, more year, and it's a movie with Jason Siegel and Emily Blunt. That's true. What I don't understand is why they put so much emphasis on engagement and why, like, even Joe's like, we cannot get engaged. You're basically just dating for four fucking years. Why not? Just say you're yeah. engaged and hang out and see what happens. I didn't even know people were allowed to smooch back then. They were smooching. 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 In and the all, door. All he did was write a letter saying, I'd like to marry you. Also, no one talks about how creepy him stealing a glove was. Has Meg lost a glove? <laughs> but that's like, uh, Taylor Swift, you keep my old scar from that very first week. Yeah. He keeps her opera glove. It's weird. It is weird. John does insert himself into that family a lot. And mm-hmm. yeah, him taking the train with Marmy. He's like, you can't go alone. I'm coming. Yeah. Good for you. Like, How's Marmy? be like, I don't fucking know you. But it's a dangerous world out there for Marmies. Is it? She, I mean, she's a beautiful woman. <laughs> Isn't she? Abigail. Yeah. Yeah. She's a beautiful woman. But four years because we want him to get a house. And then in the end, it, he they live at uh, March House anyway. As far, yeah, as far as you can Or touch. Orchard House. Yeah. I don't get it. What do you think of that wedding, though? I thought it was sweet. I always kind of wanted a wedding like that. I did get married in my backyard, which they did. You did. And That's true. Do you remember when we all circled around you singing, holding hands? No, that did not happen. So years ago, I was at my cousin's first uh, confirmation, and I was his sponsor, and we were standing there. And all of a sudden, I just started singing the song that was playing. Mm-hmm. And it was that song, For the Beauty. Yeah. And I was like, how the hell do I know this song? Wow. I mean... Perfect, perfect scene. Yeah. If I'm being critical, the jump from the wedding where Teddy's there Mm -hmm. to another time jump where it's still spring. Now they're wearing different clothes. The time, and then she goes, Teddy, you're home. And part of me is just like, he was just home at the wedding. Like, there's not really... This is what I I wondered. The timeline, I'm not sure about from here on out. Because in New York, she also, it's spring. She puts like a flower in her shirt. And then when she's home and writing... The book, there's a flower, the same flower, and I'm, and then there's more. When is, has it been a year since the wedding? Has it been a year, two years? I'm so confused about timeline. The Christmas has really helped. I wish it ended on a Christmas, so that I knew where we great. were. Just wanted to know, I just, I need a Christmas to mark the calendar for I me. I think we're supposed to believe they get married in spring, then mm-hmm. everybody leaves. Aunt March is like, I'm going to go to Europe for spring, summer. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, woohoo. Beth, listen has it made in this movie beth is the coziest like claire dane must have been so fucking cozy on set laying down under blankets with cats the mm-hmm. cat work in this movie is exceptional it's a so denise denovi production denise denovi also did practical magic oh cats yeah. cats cats on tables so i think okay so we're in spring summer when amy goes to paris so 
spring in Europe, spring in New York, and then fall when... Well, Meg has to get pregnant and have babies, so a year goes by. Yeah. Essentially. Yes, because Joe says, I'm going to get a new coat for Beth, so she needs a coat. For the winter. Mm -hmm. Meg's pregnant. And then it's spring again. Beth dies in the spring. Right. But does it take joe a whole year to write the book i don't think so i think she furiously writes it because meg is very pregnant and then she has the baby so i feel like these are chunky in the movie in greta gerwig's movie it looks like joe locks herself in the in the attic and just writes for like a fever dream and i think that's what she did in this one because you're right the red flowers are the same yeah i don't know i thought that was kind of a hint of timeline who do you think got the better trip deal amy going to paris or joe going to new york i don't I don't really want to hang out with an old lady, even if it is in Paris. Oh, I would. She's lovely. (laughs) I would love hanging around Aunt March. She's just like, I'm tired. I guess I'm like that. Yeah. I'd be like, me too, man. Like, she's... Aunt March is so fucking cool. She's always got a little dog in her thing. She's just always talking about how everybody needs to be better. And, like, living in her drafty old house, having books read to her. She had a maid. I guess. She... Her and Beth have, life figured out. To me. Yeah, just Beth doesn't get to really, you know, live it. I love this Aunt March more than the other Aunt March. I think Meryl, Meryl Streep is a very opposing. This one seems like she's critical, but with a sense of like, but I love ya. Meryl Streep has just seemed like she's like, ugh, I hate you guys. And yeah. like everything you guys do is dumb. So Aunt March, Mary Wicks. She was also in uh, Sister Act. That's who she is. Oh, my God. I was trying to think of it the whole time. (laughs) She died shortly after this. Oh, no. Yeah, so she... Probably all the drafts in that house. Yeah. Josephine, that's a draft. (laughs) That dog. It's still alive. It's alive. Still. Uh It's a prop dog. Robotics. Animatronics. (laughs) (laughs) That was a crusty old white dog. The criticisms that I read about this second half of little women versus other iterations of little women is that joe going to new york really seems like an escape from her turning down teddy Mm -hmm. whereas the others say that even in the book it seems more of like really just living the life she's supposed to Mm -hmm. i think it's like a catalyst for her to live the life she's supposed to Mm -hmm. like i don't know I, i think she probably felt stuck in so many other ways and then Lori just bumped that to like yeah. i'm gonna go find myself but i don't know i never like the new york portion no <laughs> no why because i like marmy's home i i like the i well i like massachusetts and i like that whole scenery better mm-hmm. and I don't, new york is muddy and bustling and cramped yeah. quarters i don't really like friedrich i'm no. sorry i want to i just don't it's um so last night, actually, I'm going to go on a tangent. I went on my Ancestry.com to like mm-hmm. update my family tree just to see like how far back I can go. I can go back pretty far. Not like super far, like maybe like 1500s. Okay. That's pretty far. And, but my great-grandmother, my great-great-grandmother owned a boarding house oh. up, north, up north in northern Canada. Okay. So like my grandma grew up like kitty and Minnie, kind of like, wow um because her mom still lived there so she was like kitty and Minnie bopping around in this boarding house with all these people That's coming cool. and going that made me think of it because that life for those girls must be very strange of like all those men yeah 
Part of me was like, red flag, that's dangerous. That all these dan- men are around. It is stranger danger. Very stranger. Even for Joe. For Joe. She's there for three seconds and a guy's winking at her. And I'm assuming they share a bathroom. Maybe there's like ladies floors. Maybe. There's ladies tables. Did you notice? No, I didn't. The ladies ate at a different table in oh. the dining room than the men. Well, that makes sense. They don't let them do shit. They're debating why women should even vote. Okay, listen. Could you imagine when all the ladies in the March family got their period <laughs> in those times? Why do you think Marmy was rolling up all those rags? <laughs> <laughs> she had a whole fucking bag of them. What was it like a whole bin of rags? She was just rolling them, rolling them. <laughs> Probably when Meg got pregnant, they're like, thank Christ, one less. Roll your own rags. I always say I can only time travel to things that had uh, time periods that had tampons yeah. and like sanitary napkins. That's true. Because like we saw like Joe's little bed sit with her mm-hmm. little thing and you said, what about the communal bathrooms? And I was realizing I'm like, was there toilets inside? There were. I don't know. Or was it cha- I got to look up toilet history. Wasn't that back in the time where everyone was sick because they just have poop in the streets? No, I think New York was getting it together. What year is this? Um, so it was 1863 when they were little playing Pickwick oh. societies. So we're about, we're like 1870s. Okay. Uh, Did you say it was right before the internet because you thought it was the, the these 80s? No. <laughs> <laughs> it is right before the internet. <laughs> You're like, right before the internet. I was thinking more 80s. like 94 is before the oh, internet. Oh, I thought you <laughs> When did homes have toilets? Oh, God. Some still don't. What do you mean? They probably have outhouses. Late 1800s. Okay, so maybe Joe had the first toilet. Let's just pretend they had. Like, these aren't important details, but when the set design is so beautiful, Mm -hmm. I just wonder, like, you never see anybody go in the bathroom. You never see anybody even having a bath. No, you don't, actually. I'd like some more accounting for hygiene in this movie. Me too. I'll agree with you. I need that. So you and I kind of disagree over one Mr. Gabriel Byrne as Frederick Bear. Mm-hmm. Would it be surprising if I told you that the role almost went to Hugh Grant? <gasps> yeah. Oh. But yeah, I would like... So that was a lot of floppy hair for one movie, but I would like it. He self-taped himself for the role, and they said that they he won them all over, but he wasn't... I don't think he was doing German. Mm-hmm. And the time or the age gap between him and Joe wasn't as visible as uh, Gabriel Byrne and uh, Winona Ryder. But the age gap between them is too visible. I think. I like it. But also in Greta's version, the age gap's not visible at all. Isn't the guy kind of young? No, and he's like almost French. Yeah, something about I didn't like that. I didn't like him at all. He wins me over though, and he's like, "Thank goodness we already have one." When he's like Shakespeare or something like that. <laughs> I, we're gonna have to rewatch it. I'll watch it while you're doing work. But no. <laughs> um, I really like Gabriel Byrne. I used to watch like him in the movie Into the West when I was little. Mm-hmm. I think I've talked about this movie on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's so handsome. I just wanted someone hotter. But I, I feel wanted... like Joe, kind of like we could go Freudian on it and say like father figure. She needs somebody much older. Yeah, give me a give me a Kellen Skarsgård. Stellan? Stellan. Kellen. <laughs> I, was, 
I was like, who's Kellen? I'm trying to remember which Skarsgård even. Yeah, give me a Skarsgård in general. The Greta one should have had a different Skarsgård. They're not even German, are they? They're Swedish or They're something. They're Swedish. Yeah, but like a fast bender in the Greta version would have been good. Oh, God. That would have been great. I don't know. I just, I wanted someone, I wanted someone I would lust, be lusty for. But I feel like the appeal of Friedrich is his brain for Joe and like how he's like, he kind of is withholding of praise for her writing. And I could see that like driving her to be like, what, like, why can't I get like all the way in? Joseph March. I like that he doesn't really treat her like a child either. Like he definitely could and he doesn't, especially when he talks about her writing. He doesn't go like, this is childish. He Mm -hmm. says like, you can be more. Mm -hmm. I do like that. I just... The character's not bad. It's just, I wanted someone hotter. And I like it. Hugh Grant could have been great. I think Now he's a fucking Oompa Loompa. With Timmy. With the other Lori. Yeah. So, I mean, listen. So, this must have been around Sense and Sensibility time. So, he was definitely too young. Yeah. Maybe an Alan Rickman. Oh. Hmm. Wasn't that good looking? I think, like, there's, like, I clearly don't care about looks. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's... I think Adam Driver could even be a good Friedrich. Now, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He could be a, like, tall, brooding, but... Yeah, let's redo it. One more time. <laughs> One board. more time. <laughs> Without the Chalamet. No, let's do a Sofia Coppola Ooh. version. Yes. Would love that. From Beth's perspective. Na- no, a Nancy <laughs> Myers Little Women. <laughs> this will be... <laughs> They were just four sisters living in <laughs> Concord, Massachusetts, an everlasting love. <laughs> oh, God. One had a weakened heart. Oh, no. Could you imagine? Josephine March, welcome back to your life. Well, it's kind of almost what I wished when I heard they were redoing it. I, I honestly wished that the remake was like kind of like a 10 things they hated about you where they were doing the same story but modernized so like it wouldn't be compared like a Baz Luhrmann yeah like bastardize it I don't care I just don't make a carbon copy that's not as good yeah there's this there's this book called Hello Beautiful you've probably seen the cover everywhere it's like mm-hmm. making everybody's best books of the year list and it's essentially a modern little women oh yeah and like people are like no it's it's it is like a take on Little Women. It's like no no no. It is exactly Little Women. Yeah. So it's it's that Little Women to a T. I'm okay with that as a movie, but as a book, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's been done. Yeah. But then, uh, like you look at Fire Island as a take on Pride and Prejudice. Like there, yeah. could, it should be done. I think in a way, Baz I... Luhrmann's Little Women. <laughs> yeah. Mind blown. Yeah. If he can get if he can get back to his. Romeo and Juliet style with Hugh Elvis. Jackman as Mr. March <laughs> as Mr. March one day we didn't even tell everybody our good news oh, for yeah. the new year Merry Christmas to us Merry May Christmas to us because it's not till May 18th but we bought tickets to go see Les Mis in Toronto I'm so excited it's so exciting I don't know there's no one famous I don't think in this production of it but we're gonna have a good time. Listen, I don't even think the theater is ready for us. Are you allowed to a... sing along? I no. haven't been to like a stage production in so long. No. I've seen Les Mis before, but like it's been a long time. Mamma mia, I was dancing in the aisles. No, it's <laughs> yeah. No, I like no. You are not allowed to sing along. I remember when I did see Mamma Mia, and no one got up and was dancing and clapping, but we were told that you could. 
but no yeah, one it's did. It's welcomed. It's but it's frowned upon. But we can't we can't go one day more from our seats. One day. I think we could under our breath. Like I'm afraid when I see Gavroche, I'm gonna just start laughing. <laughs> He's on my people. He's my bench. Um. That's so exciting. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Uh, back to the movie. Is it like four hours long? Three and a half. Wow. I know. That's why I said we should stay over because by the time we get out, it's going to be like 11.30 well, at night. What if you got to make pee-pees? I guess there's a... Intermission. Intermission. Just pee in a cup. Do you get snacks? Can you eat in the theater? I don't think so. I'm not sure. I don't know if they want like on my own wrinkle, wrinkle, crinkle, crinkle. Oh my God. I have so many questions. So well, I guess I'm going, I'm also going to see Book of Mormon a couple months before. So I'll let you know. Yeah. I have Ed Mervish Theater. I've always wanted to go. Yeah. I've never been to all. Well, I've seen Waitress. Oh, you did? Yeah. And I've seen Lion King, but that was a really long time ago. I've seen, I saw Spam a lot on Broadway. Wow. Um, no memory of it whatsoever. It wasn't there. It wasn't very good, I oh. remember thinking. I mean, like, this is Broadway? Um, <laughs> and I've seen, did you ever see Phantom of the Opera? No, but I love Phantom of the Opera. That was like the the school trip. Like, that's the school trip everybody did. No, we went the year that we saw Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I just saw Beauty and the Beast, too. I was probably there with you. Maybe. Maybe. We probably went together. Grade four? Were you in grade four? Three? Probably. Maybe. Yeah. We were probably sitting next to each other. Uh, <laughs> One day, more. We have no. So, memory. Beth, best sick actor, the best sick actor, best cry, the best performance of a dying character in film. I so Grace. I just watched Grey's Anatomy, and they almost did a shot-for-shot remake of this when <gasps> Maggie's mom dies. So really? Maggie's mom dies, and she's like, "I'm going to close the window. You're going to catch a chill." And as soon as I saw her go to the window, I'm like, mom's dead. Yeah, yeah. I've seen this done before in other movies, too. Like, it's like... they turn around. Is it like a... Like you said, like, is it the souls leaving the window? Is it gone up to Jesus? Her soul went up the to Jesus? The dad's gone. Two babies taken up to Jesus. Yeah, went up to Jesus right then. Oh, my God. I'll be homesick for me. For when you from heaven. Susan Sarandon says, I think she's been waiting for you. Yeah. Already then, I'm like... Keep it together, Libby. Keep yeah. it together. I know. It's not Joe. It's not Beth talking to Joe, even though that is great how she's saying, I'll be homesick for you even in heaven. Yeah. It's when Joe turns around and there's yeah. like this like sigh of just, she's gone. Yeah. And then it's the clearing of Joe's, mm-hmm. of Beth's stuff and the rose petals over Evangeline, yes. the doll. Yeah. I know. Over all the dolls and the folded blankets and the, I know. So sad. You can cry again. Yeah. <laughs> Don't cry again. It's not even on. I know, but it's so important to me. I... <laughs> <laughs> this movie's everything for me. It's a great movie. Uh, as Beth's dying, Amy's getting it in with rich men in Europe. Yeah. I still feel like that relationship is so wrong. Like, how can you have sex with someone that you knew as a child? When you were an adult, though. Isn't that weird? I don't think he was an adult, though. He was going to Harvard. So, 17. Okay. They don't... Do they say how old Amy was? She's supposed to be, like, 12? Yeah. I don't know how old she's supposed to be. She's trading limes, and you're going to Harvard. I'm just saying. Yeah, but I mean, like... Okay, if Amy does have a crush on Lori the whole time, like, what a win. Like, isn't it, like, part of your, like... Okay, I know that when I finally dated somebody that I had a crush on when I was like 17, mm-hmm. I was like, I fucking gotcha. Yeah. Like it was like a, okay. Mm-hmm. 
So she wins. Yeah, I just love how she even asks Joe. She doesn't go like, she doesn't even go to her beforehand or like takes her aside and like says like, I know I'm so sorry. We, this all happened so fast. She just goes, do you mind? That's yeah. how she asks her. Do you mind that like I did this, that I married the love of your life? Mm-hmm. But then Joe, no one seems to flinch when Joe says, uh, I was under the impression he would never love another. I caught that. That is some um, Taylor Swift pettiness that yeah. she throws down. And good for her because she just sprang on her like, yeah, hey, married your sister. But he just like walks over, puts his arm around Amy and everyone's sitting there smiling. And I, like, I was like, whoa, shots fired. Oh my God. We didn't even talk about his proposal. No, we didn't. Okay. No. Well, that's the scene that we compared. So, in the oral history of this movie, Armstrong and Robin Swickard said that they feel like, because uh, Christian Bale and Winona Ryder have such chemistry, that that's why people cannot let go of Joe and Lori together. Yeah. Uh, They purposely kept in the spit string, Mm -hmm. which I look at every single time mm-hmm. the scene is on because mm-hmm. they said that you've never seen that on camera and it's such kind of a a messy yeah way that they get together what do you think of that scene i think it's i think it's like great i just i'm the whole time i'm like joe just like give it a beat and like see how you actually feel and in when we rewatch greta's version timothy Chalamet goes in saying you knew we had to talk about this eventually mm-hmm. kind of thing Whereas in this version, it's like Lori just came up with the idea and Joe had never really thought about it. Right. And I don't, and then they just take that conversation as like, okay, that's fact. Like she said no and he's moving on and she's never going to marry or he thinks she still will, but she's decided. And I just don't like that that's like in that one moment, they've just decided to throw it all away. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I hate when movies do things like that where you're, or books, I guess, where you make this a whole life decision in one moment without taking time or even saying can i think about it mm-hmm. she was just like no but i guess you should go with your gut right and even when he kisses her she's like no like it's not it is really weird because laurie's been thinking this since the moment they met and i think in greta's version you do see they make more em- emphasis on the connection between of like Timmy is always looking at Sersha. Mm-hmm. They're switching clothes, but I paid attention and he is always looking at Winona. Yeah. So and so I I think I I caught it. It's a little bit more subtle, but they wanted the scene is supposed to be like really childish and I think that's what Greta gets is that it's like to me Timmy telling Joe and I'll watch is not as heartbroken as uh, Lori kind of crying, being like, no. I'll be hanged if I stand by and watch. Yeah, no. Because, like, him saying, I've loved you since the moment I've clamped eyes on you, like, that's peak romance to me. Yeah. And I want to shake Joe and be like, are you fucking kidding me? I know. I'm someone who'd just be like, I'd say yes until I knew for sure, even. Just because, yeah. like, why would you say no in that moment? There's also, like, a guilt that's there where it's his, he says, like, I'll take care of your family. Yeah. So her, her turning him down is, like, in a sense, like, th- with no men. I don't, like, Pride and Prejudice, I don't know what it's like. There's no men in your family, so there's no one to inherit property, and there's nobody to, like, yeah. help you out. Yeah. So you just fucked your family. I think, though, wouldn't you, after the fact, after he married Amy, be like, yeah, I'm better than both of you because... 
you married her just because you wanted to essentially marry me but couldn't so you married like a lesser version of me absolutely and she married Lori because she wanted the wealth and she wanted what she thought she couldn't have she wanted what she her sister had absolutely so it seems like they married for kind of icky reasons anyway and joe is the one who's like i can do whatever i want you there, guys are dumb anyway there is this like thing of sure joe and amy make up after they like uh you know she almost dies but there is kind of this like competitiveness of like amy wants what joe has amy wants to be as like carefree or not carefree but as like strong-minded as joe but she knows that like it essentially rests on her to like get her family out of and I think that's what Greta does a little bit better with Amy, mm-hmm. but she spells it out a lot. The c- criticisms about this movie was that it's so Joe-centric. Yeah. And I think that's why I like it. I think the other one does a little too much with time yeah. jumps. I don't... I like that this one is linear with time. I don't like the time jumps in the other one at all because I think it also kind of ruins... You don't know what's going to happen with with Lori and Amy. And I think that honestly, like the first time I saw it, I was like, what the we're, Yeah, fuck? we're opening with Amy and Lori. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, the Greta version, you're like, okay, so we already kind of know where things are headed. But when I saw it, even at six years old, I was like, this is some fucked up shit. This, yeah. Man, what is with these Christmas movies? You either swap brothers, you swap houses, or you swap sisters. Yeah, and then you're sad because your childhood's over. No matter what. Or someone dies. Your mom no dies. What. Susan Sarandon's dying. Soon Serena is something. No, she just she does like, what in her life? No. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! But Jump yeah, I think like I could never forgive Amy for. First of all, I would never forgive her for throwing my book in no. the fire, and she I would over that way too fast. I would never be okay with them two together. No, no, it'd be so weird. Oh, now you're part of the family. No, yeah, they move next door. But isn't there always a part of like Lori that? Amy can't have. That's what that's what I'm saying. They're both idiots. Like he's never going to be fully happy with her and Amy's never going to have full access to him. Mm-hmm. And then they just move next door to the reason why. Yeah. I don't know. So I've never read Little Men where Joe has her school oh. and uh her and Friedrich are married and running the school. So I don't really know the development of like that relationship after of like what's really said about their relationship, but yeah, I, I I wonder if it's ever mentioned the like Joe's bond with Lori, but she's is that bond- a real sequel. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought maybe someone else wrote it. Like, oh, oh okay. Um, All right. Lori and and Joe, they never even really recovered from the proposal. No, no, and that's also awkward. So awkward. <laughs> oh, I don't know. So Joe writes her book. Meg yes. has twins. Mm-hmm. We said in real life, Meg would have died from having twins vaginally. Uh, yeah. Home. You couldn't even tell if they were both upside down or not. That's wild. No, thank you. No, thanks. And then Friedrich comes to deliver her book. Mm-hmm. The best. I love this ending. I absolutely love this ending. You do? I have nothing to give you. My hands are empty. I feel like I know that line. Obviously, it must be in the book because it's in both movies. And again, I haven't read the book. As we know, I don't really read a lot, but... I felt like at the end of this movie, that line was a little forced. Like, they'd already decided he was going to stay. And then he goes, my hands! Like, he forgot to say the line almost. And then, I don't know. I just feel... And then Winona's... Now now they're not with her hand thing. is Something about that was, like, the cheesiest moment of the whole movie. I love it because she basically walks him into the proposal. Yeah. As, like... And so, 
even though Joe, you know, settles down with a man and becomes a wife, it's her walking into it as much as uh, him. Not, modern woman tricks her man into a proposal. That's how you gotta do it. Mm-hmm. That's how you gotta do it. Mm-hmm. And then it ends with the greatest theme of all time. And this movie just <sighs> beautiful. That's the thing visually too. Like this is why it's a comfort movie too. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of sadness, but visually it's like start every audibly scene, uh, yeah every scene is stunning. Mm-hmm. They've every piece of furniture, wall everything there's texture there's things hanging everywhere there's the colors are beautiful filmed in vancouver really Mm -hmm. i was gonna ask because i'm like i've been all over the east coast where is this so they because of budget restraints the budget on this movie was there's just uh conflicting reports of either 15 million 18 million wow they couldn't film it in massachusetts whereas i know greta's is filmed there Mm -hmm. but greta's budget was 45 million wow they still filmed it in vancouver and that's why they had to all of the snow that you see in all the scenes are fake and it was basically like everybody was boiling while they were filming those scenes oh no they did a great job though yeah that's such a low budget considering you have susan sarandon and ragona Ryder in there right holy crap i don't think it got as much box office as we think pulled it raked in as much money when did it come out in the year um it's definitely like a winter cozy movie but it just... december 21st 1994 it's a good time to, to come out perfect time uh and it earned 95 million u.s that's pretty good if the budget's only was 15 million i think so it won like critical acclaim and winona was uh nominated for a best actress oscar but didn't win no she didn't win 94 who won I think it was um, Jessica Lange mm. who won, but still, I think her performance is her best of her life. Absolutely. Now that you see her in Stranger Things and she's so kooky and stuff, you're like, oh, man, the good old days. Free Winona. Mm-hmm. Always free Winona. Man, I just love pop culture and how things go off the rails. They're like, this is the Winona writer in my mind, and then there's the other one who like stole sweaters. Yeah. Like, what? Do you have a taylor swift song i was thinking about it and i was thinking about it and the only one i could come up with was and it doesn't quite it depends how what you how you want to look at it but i was thinking of invisible string okay because they're always tied together but you could think of that as amy and laurie and joe and laurie there's a line in invisible string about how <laughs> now you buy your ex's baby's presents because yeah. now her not her ex but essentially her ex is her brother-in-law yeah. Um, and will be part of her life, and she'll have to celebrate their milestones and stuff. Um, but yeah, Invisible String is the only one I could think of. What, so what'd you have? there's a couple. I could say <laughs> Welcome to New York for Joe. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I know. I like it. And, it's uh, waiting for you. Yeah. I think people could say, obviously, Champagne Problems. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good one for, mm-hmm. for Joe and Lori. I feel like I only think of like like newer taylor i forget a lot of older taylor yeah i don't even know older taylor so that's why i only pick newer taylor (laughs) in a weird way i think the nostalgia or the like reminiscent part of coney island reminds Mm. me a little bit of this song like wondering where it went yeah that that makes sense because like you said like this movie is so sad yeah it's about the death of your childhood it really is i know i never really thought about it like that and then it's also a perfect representation of, like, this movie is our childhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... 
There's so many layers. There's so many layers. <laughs> Who so do you relate to the most in this movie? Oh, probably Beth. I like laying around. I'm always sick. I get it. Everything. And I love that she's like, I'm so glad I don't have to go to that party with all those people. Yeah. yeah. Beth. You wanted to pick Beth, didn't you? No, but Beth, because I've had a, a scarlet fever. So have I. Yeah, I had it as a kid and we cried when we found out because we thought we we're going to die like Beth. I think when I was younger... I definitely related to Joe of feeling like, why don't I want what other people want? Yeah. Or why aren't I, like, why isn't it clicking and making sense? Now, I think I relate to Beth the most. Where now I'm you're just Meg. Like, what? I'm not Meg. If you're, anything, I'm a marmy. You're married. You have babies. You didn't marry for money. <laughs> didn't marry for money. Oh, man. I wish. I mean, people should. Listen. If you're single out there... Oh, this is what I tell my single friends. Marry once for money, second time for love. I tell my friends, you can grow to like somebody. You can also grow to not like somebody, so just marry for money, because money's forever. Money is forever. <laughs> then I, even Joe says, what if his business goes bust? It's like, gamble. Gamble yeah. it. It's a risk I'm willing to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, comfort rating. Oh, she's a high one. Uh, I'm going to say 9.5 burnt hair curls out of 10. If she had a Dyson Airwrap, it would have been fine. And what, what, why do you give it that? Uh, 9.5 because it is high on my, it's super, super comforting and super nostalgic. It's just not, like, it's not my top, top favorite movie because I can't give it above 9.5. Got it. What did I give a 9.8 to? I think it, was it Something's Gotta Give? Yeah, I think Yeah, so. that's like one of my favorite movies of all time. I'd say this is in my top like 15 for sure mm-hmm. for for nostalgia purposes and because it's a great story, but it's not higher than 9.5. Got it. For me, especially because honestly at this point, I'm like, I think the next time I'm going to watch it, I'm going to turn it off at before the four years <laughs> and be like, that was great. I, I totally know what you mean because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to cry. I just want to leave while the party's still going. Yeah, I want Kirsten Dunst to be the Stay only Amy. Stay little forever. Yeah, it's the only Amy I want to know, and Beth's still alive. Also, um, I purchased it instead of renting it, so I have it forever now, so we can Yay. do whatever we want with it. I am going to go 20 bed cats out of 10. <laughs> 20! 20 wow. out of 10. This is your ultimate. You can't go past this. You're never going to find me so passionate well, actually, no, there are, there are a couple other movies that I could get this passionate for. But, like, I was worried about doing this one because I didn't think I could articulate how special it is to me. And I feel like I held back. You did. I almost say. cried once talking about it. You did well up. It's just the perfect, to me, mm-hmm. the perfect movie. The perfect movie. Yeah. I think, for me, if there was, like, a couple more, like, chuckles in there... Like, I'm, I like comedy. If it was a little more funnier, other than completely bald in front. There's some good There's some good parts. There, yeah. The he con- put snow on this ankle. With his bound hands. <laughs> like, there's, yeah. a, there's some good and, ones. Uh, um, your one, your one beauty. What is it? Your one true beauty? How could you? Your one true beauty. Yeah, that's a good one. And I always love them. My hair. Yeah. That's so good. Is Any hair-related content, I'm in. I definitely could do a Snyder's Cut. Like, mm-hmm. give me a seven-hour movie of this. Because I wonder what they cut out uh, of Amy. That's and true. Joe and Lori. Imagine there was, like, a live stream like this, but it was just them doing things around the house. Listen. <laughs> if you said, I'll pay you to move into that house, I'd be like, I'll pay you to move into that house. Yeah. Wash all those rags. Yeah. Roll them up. 
roll them up get we get, get socks for, for the, the troops when they all come yeah welcome our boys home <laughs> long live the north or i don't even know i don't is. know either i very confused about may what i tell you something is. this is an afternoon dress <laughs> Poor are always with us. You're so good to remind us. I love this movie. It's so good. What's next? Uh, the plan is, again, if no one gets sick or something happens, to have another one out before New Year's of When Harry Met Sally. The perfect New Year's movie. Yes. We were saving everyone's like, it's fall. It's Christmas. No. It's New Year's. It's New Year's. It's New Year's. And this is a big one. This is one I haven't really wanted to take on because it's just people are critical. But I, uh, I've i actually only probably seen it like one full time in okay. my life. So I'm going to watch it again and hopefully take in some new information mm-hmm. and have an opinion about it. Right now, I truly can't tell you what the story was because I don't remember. Friends to lovers. It's every story. I love that. I love enemies to lovers. They kind of are annoyed with each other for a little bit. Yes. Enemies to friends to lovers. And I get wanting to fuck Billy Crystal. I don't. I get it. I'm in. Mike Wazowski. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. This was a great time. I had a great time. Yeah. We're going to cry about it for the rest of the day. If you want to follow us online, you can do so at Comfort Watch Podcast. Yes. On Instagram and uh, TikTok. Mm-hmm. You can email us, comfortwatchpod at gmail.com. Yeah. Reviews really help us. Like, follow, so you never miss an episode. As per usual, stay comfy. Stay cozy. Bye-bye. Bye.